welcome tonight and welcome here in the building and online. We welcome you to midweek service. We're glad you could be with us tonight. We're so grateful to God for his plan, his purpose, his desires. And tonight we're aligning with his. Amen. Glory to God. So let's go before him tonight and let's come into his presence as the word tells us to with thanksgiving and with praise. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Father, that your power is at work on the inside of us. We're not doing even church alone today. We've got you. You've got us. We thank you for your presence that's with us everywhere that we go. For you are in us and your anointing is in us. And so today we pull on the anointing of God that's in us. And we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit that reveals the word to us tonight. And we leave out of here with uh, a, a more faith, an increase in faith. Our faith is going to grow. We declare it with revelation, with truth. And we'll know which direction we need to go. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, I just encourage you to come on Sunday. Uh, Mr. Tom will be here uh, with us, and so we're excited about that. Uh, he's going to be teaching a message on, uh, are you rapture ready? <laughs> we need that message, amen. Uh, and so he'll be here with us and, and facilitating that. So come and be a part of that. Uh, I know the snow kind of hindered stuff on <laughs> last Sunday, but thank God it's melting today. Yeah, it's melting. I know what they're saying. I ain't listening. <laughs> I ain't repeating what they're saying for Friday. So <laughs> it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful weekend of warmth <laughs> and sun. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. We believe it and we'll have it. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, we're in a series on Wednesdays uh, entitled Prayer Principle, Principles, and it coincides with the series that we're doing on Sundays. On Wednesdays, we're on that series. I think I said Sundays. On Sundays, it coincides with that series on kingdom living. And so these two go together. In fact, if I wasn't teaching this series on Wednesdays, uh, I would take one Sunday and teach some part of this during that series. But consider this our kingdom living on prayer because we're going till March 30th on this. <laughs> and so March 30th will be our first ever family prayer night. And so that's what we're leading up to is uh, the prayer night. And so we're talking about prayer. So last week we looked at the word prayer and we said it's prosukumai and I'm not good at, you know, that little thing you need in there to talk Greek. So just know it's not even spelt anything like that. What I do is I get, I learn, I do the pronunciation and then I spell it the way it sounds. <laughs> So I spell it souk, S-O-O-K, because this is how we do Cape Verdean. When me and my sister would want to talk Cape Verdean to each other, but we want to write it down on a piece of paper, the way I say it is the way I spelled it. So the way I spelled Kange was C-A-N-S-H. <laughs> that's Kange, and we know that that's what that spells me and my sister does. She would understand me, and there's not really H's, you know, so it's totally wrong the way it's spelled, but that's how we did it. Well, that's how I do my Greek. I spelled this pro, P-R-O-S-O-O-K. It's not spelled that way. It's P-R-O-S, 
E-U-C-H-O-M-A-I. <laughs> but if I wrote it that way, I'd be like, pr 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 <laughs> so I write it the way it's spelled. And so uh, that is uh, prosukamai. We said it means toward, and it implies closeness. It's a preposition that means face to face, eyeball to eyeball. And we saw this description in first uh, in John chapter one and one, where it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." That word "with" in this verse is taken from this Greek word "prose." That's where it comes from. And so it describes the relationship that Jesus had with the Father and the relationship that Jesus said we can have with him as well. Eyeball to eyeball and face to face. Hallelujah. So last week, so we said the word prayer uh, is coming close face to face to offer a request, vow, desire, or wish. So we said that God is calling us to a close face-to-face, -face, intimate encounter with him when we pray. That's what that means when we talk about praying. So last week we looked at the prayer of consecration, which is one of the seven types of prayer. Uh, as I said, uh, we're not going to get too deep into this. We're going to do top of the waves. Uh, but we're just adding more spiritual tools to our toolbox, to our spiritual toolbox, so we could be effective, more effective in our prayer uh, during these hours that we're living in. We looked at Ephesians 6.18 last week that said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And we said the original translation says praying with all kinds of prayers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's what we did last week. And we listed the seven types of prayers that we're going to look at. Prayer of consecration, petition, authority, thanksgiving, agreement, supplication, and intercession. Uh, we said last week that the prayer of consecration is the most common type of prayer. 127 times in the New Testament, we see the prayer of consecration uh, addressed uh, or talked about. And so it's very important. And this prayer is a prayer where we give God what we are, our weaknesses, our defects, uh, our, our talents, our insecurities, our gifts and skills, and in exchange, we get his presence. I mean, it's, it's the great exchange because it doesn't seem fair, does it? <laughs> we get his presence, his goodness, and, and it's a great deal. <laughs> and so uh, I'm grateful that we can pray the prayer of consecration. If you missed that talk, you can always go back and listen to it. Uh, this evening, we're going to tackle two prayers doesn't take long at all. We'll get through it. I have no doubt we'll get through it. We are going to tackle the prayer of petition and the prayer of authority or what some have called the prayer of faith. All right. So you've probably heard prayer of faith. Uh, we're calling it in this case just because of how it was translated, the prayer of authority. So first, the prayer of petition is derived from the Greek word deesis. And it literally describes a need or a want. 
It appears in various times in the New Testament, about 40 times in the New Testament. Uh, this word doesn't describe a need for a bigger home, a nicer car, or anything tangible. That's not what the need or want is in this prayer when it's referred to. It has more to do with the essential need that an individual has to exist. Uh, if he didn't have this, he would not be in existence anymore. That's the need or desire uh, that it, 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 it petitions for. Uh, deesis is a petition or a cry for God's help that exposes a person's insufficiency to meet his or her own need. So I can't do it myself. I need his help, a cry and a petition. Hebrews 5, 7, if you look at that with me in the New Living Translation, Hebrews 5 and verse 7, it says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings, that's that petition, with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. The word's prayer here is the word deesis, or petition. Remember this event in Jesus' life, what this Hebrews 5, 7 is referring to? It's his time in the garden of Gethsemane. That's what Hebrews 5 and verse 7 is referring to. Do you remember that moment in Jesus' life? That was one of the toughest moments in his life leading up to the crucifixion. He was overwhelmed and recognized his insufficiency to carry out the Father's plan of redemption. And so in recognizing that, he prayed so fervently. Remember, it says it was like drops of blood that fell. He was so fervent and deeply from his heart, he prayed and petitioned uh, God, and he received supernatural strength. And it says he was ministered to. God answered him, and he enabled him to endure the suffering, the scourging, and the crucifixion. Remember, that was, it's a need, and it was essential that he had this <laughs> help because he couldn't do it in himself. Another way to say prayer of petition is a faith-filled cry. A faith-filled cry for help. Uh, it's not the kind of cry that says, woe is me, I can't do this, and I don't even know that you want to do this for me or that you can, but I'm going to ask you anyway because I want to pray. I need to pray to someone who's bigger than... That is not faith-filled. <laughs> that is just a cry, <laughs> a good old-fashioned cry, woe is me. That's not what the prayer of petition is. See, our tears doesn't move God. Our tears touch him. He's touched by that, but he's moved by our faith. And so a cry of faith is heard and answered. Do you see, we've got to make that shift a bit because if we're crying for help, we can say, that's the prayer of petition. No, it's a faith-filled cry. <laughs> got to put that in there. It's a faith-filled cry uh, for help. Uh, when praying, 
the prayer of petition. Uh, the request could be for supernatural strength. You know, if you have a diagnosis, a serious diagnosis, you know, from the, uh, the doctors, you know, you go to the doctors and it's a serious diagnosis and this is a matter of life or death. This is the time for that cry for help. <laughs> but you go to him in faith. And remember, faith apart from the word does not exist. <laughs> faith comes by hearing and hearing by the continuous hearing of the word of God. And we've got to say the continuous hearing and doing or application of the word of God. That's how faith comes. And so... Uh, it's you receive the word and we know that we receive it when we start to do it. You've not received the word of God until you've started to do it. You've received information. You've received information. But until there's application, you've not received the word of God yet. And this is why a lot of our prayers haven't been answered because we say, oh, I went to church and I got, oh, what a good word. What did you do with the word you heard? <laughs> this is what God keeps asking me to. Okay, that's wonderful. You heard that message from, you know, this individual. Now, what are you doing with it? And so this is where we miss it a lot uh, in the body of Christ. Uh, if we want to pray effectively, we pray in, the in line with the word of God, which means we pray in faith. And so to pray in faith, we've got to have the word of God. Remember, um, you can also pray this prayer another, another time to pray this prayer. I want to just give examples. Temptation. If you're struggling with something that this is really hurting me when I do this and I give in to this temptation, and it could be anything. It could be to eat that cookie, whatever it is. I use cookies a lot because that's something that I deal with. Now, if I was a drug addict, I'd probably use drugs. But uh, it's, I'm using a cookie because there's where my help <laughs> needs to come. And it's been coming, thank God. I receive his help. And so, uh, so we just... You could do this cry, but it's a cry of faith, remember, this petition. It's a faith-filled petition, right? And so the prayer of consecration, you remember, that was a prayer of sacrifice, and it was a prayer um, of surrender. Remember, we sacrifice and surrender to him, putting our lives on the altar. This prayer of petition is a prayer of humility, that's what this prayer of petition is. It's a prayer of humility. The person praying this prayer knows and acknowledges that they are dependent on the Father. They can't do this on their own. They are dependent on the Father. And they know that there is no way they can meet this need on their own. <laughs> Only through him. It takes humility to pray a prayer like that. Uh, in those moments. And um, you have to actually, to pray this prayer, I have to actually admit that, okay, I don't know as much as I thought I did, you know. And I have to admit that, no, uh, if, if you don't help me here, then no, this is not going to happen, that kind of thing. Um, but I know that he helps, right? I have to understand that uh, in my own strength, I can't meet my needs spiritually, mentally, emotionally. But here's where faith comes in. I know the one who can. I know the one who can. 
and that's who I'm petitioning. That's who I'm petitioning. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 in the Amplified says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition or definite requests with what? With thanksgiving, faith. This requires faith because you cannot be thankful for something that you don't believe you're getting <laughs> or that he's taken care of. Thanksgiving is required, so that requires faith. Continue to make your wants known to God. See, this is a faith-filled prayer, faith-filled cry. Um, you know, sometimes we can pray out of worry and fear. And I've done this many times. Mom, you've, you've talked about this too. Um, something happens and you find yourself just rattling off things. Just uh, every scripture you know here is just coming out. Or you rattle it off even better in tongues. Because <laughs> then it doesn't matter. But you know that your heart is not engaged. You, you can sense it because you're still shaking. <laughs> Because you're still, oh, your inside is in knots. And, and, but you think, oh, I'm in faith. No, you're not in faith. <laughs> you're in worry. <laughs> but you're just verbalizing it. And, and that gets us in trouble, I think, more than talking the problem. So what do we do in that case? And this is something that uh, the Lord has helped me with because I'm known for that. You know, you get the phone call, you know, if it's your kids or, you know, friends or whatever, you know, your parents with an accent, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, something that you hear someone's going through. And uh, ever have a phone call and you're like, ooh, and while you're talking to the person, your, your stomach is just in knots. You're like, oh, this is not good. So you hang up, and then you're going about your business, and you're like, yeah, there's that thing there. What was that again about? And all you got to do is think back to the phone call. Oh, that's right. How are we going to handle that? <laughs> you know? Oh, that's why my stomach is in knots. It has nothing to do with you sometimes, but you're that concerned. And so rather than just shooting off prayers that just bouncing off the ceiling because your heart has to be engaged. You're coming face to face and eyeball to eyeball with your father in prayer with the petition, with the request. And so if you'll bring it to him, the, what I say to do, because we're spirit, we're soul, we're body. First, take a deep breath. A natural thing. God gave you the ability to take a deep breath and release it. And do that as many times as you need to. Take a deep breath. Relax. Just calm down. Calm yourself down. Then get a scripture that pertains. That means you have to take the time to stop thinking about this thing and go in the word of God if nothing comes to your heart and find it. Right then and there, he may lead you to a scripture you never had read before. Or it's a scripture that you didn't know goes with that situation. Oh my gosh, I'm reading this. This is exactly, take the time. Holy Spirit, lead me to the right verse. Okay, then you lead to, you go to that verse and you just begin to read it calmly. Not, I mean, when we get worried, we can rattle things. It's about that. 
I mean, and I, you know, I feel bad for the people around us. <laughs> I really do, because it's not faith, and it's graving. Uh, it's it's faith has a different sound. There's a sound of faith. Faith has victory behind it. Faith says, even though I know this situation looks really bad, I know the one who can fix it. And so faith always comes with victory in its voice because it knows the outcome. It may not look this way now, but I know the outcome because I know the one who can bring it about. And so that's how you do make your request known with thanksgiving. So take that deep breath that's, that's utilizing this body, calming the body, naturally calming yourself down, and then get the scripture. And then once you do that and once you read that a few times, then you can make your petition known, standing on that strong foundation of the word. And then if you're led to go into tongues, about it now your heart is engaged now the holy spirit is because the holy spirit is not coming around when there's doubt and unbelief oh my gosh he's gonna die he's gonna die oh she's gonna die what am i gonna do oh she's gonna die i don't know what to do that's not faith oh lord you got to take care of this that's not faith the holy spirit comes around when the word is being spoken and he'll help you to speak the right words and so if we'll do that, um, you have control of your mind. Some people, well, I just can't. No, you can. <laughs> your spirit, the real you, is in control. You can control every thought that comes in. You can't control it coming in, but you can control how long it stays there. And we control how long it stays there by entertaining that thought. You know, there are thoughts that we take that we entertain all day long. Oh, da, 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 da. <laughs> if it's good, that's wonderful. But if it's negative, we need to check it and say, out you go and cast it down like the word of God tells us to. So we get that scripture that calms us down and you'll know because the minute your heart hears it, it goes, <sighs> even with the craziness still going, oh, that's it. That's the one right there. And then, um, you know, the scripture that I get often, there's a part A to it. There's a part A. But the part B is, and the peace of God will keep my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. I receive your, before I pray anything, I receive your peace right now. And I take a few breaths and just calm down. I receive your peace right now. Because I'm not going to be any good and effective in prayer if I'm going crazy the same way as they are. You know, when you call me for prayer and, it's, and I can hear it in your voice, it's tense. It does us no good if I come up to your level of intensity and we both, oh, like two chickens with our heads cut off. No, you want me calm. <laughs> and so I got to practice this on my own so that way I can be of help. And you got to practice this so when someone, your sister or brother, calls you, you can be calm and say, that's right. We're going to go to prayer about it right now. And so that way you can help. <laughs> I want to be a help. And so we do it first for us, and then we are able to help other people. So uh, the prayer of petition or deesis is a faith 
faith-filled cry for help, all right? The third type of prayer is the prayer of authority, or some call this the prayer of faith. This word is taken from the Greek word, itil. It's spelt A-I-T-E-O. I spell it I-T-E-W. <laughs> itil. <laughs> we find this word used approximately 80 times in the New Testament, all over the New Testament. The word itil really means to demand or command that something be done. Mm, you see the difference between a prayer of humility and a prayer of authority. And do you see, if we get the two mixed up, how it could be affecting how our prayer life is and what the results are. And so um, look at John 15, verse 7. In John 15, verse 7, Jesus himself said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. The prayer of authority or prayer of faith tells us that when we know and are confident of what the Bible said, Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, so we know what his word says. When we do that, we can be confident bold and frank when we pray and it will be ours. That's what the word says. In fact, we can be so direct that we can nearly demand or command what needs to be done based on God's word. We can command that. This is what Jesus encouraged us to do in this verse that we just read. It's not the same kind of prayer as the prayer of petition, prayed out of humility, but this is an authoritative prayer. This is one where we're taking authority. When this verse says, you will ask what you will, the original translation says, you shall demand what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, we get a little antsy when we talk, God's going to get offended by this. No, he's not. He's not going to get offended by this. Uh, this prayer is also not like the prayer of petition because we remember we said the prayer of petition is about a need or desire or a want. It's expressing that, a cry in regards to that. Well, this one is, and it's not for tangible things. It's for essential basic needs that we need to live. Like, I'm not going to live anymore if I don't do this. Well, this authority, this prayer of authority can be used to pray for housing, food, money. It can be used for these tangible things, this prayer of authority. Uh, you cannot pray this prayer effectively without knowledge of the Word of God. And we're going to say that so many times during this series. Uh, even Jesus said in John 15, 7, that that's the condition that has to be met before you can ask boldly. Abide in Him and let His Word abide in us. This means to continually, continue permanently 
remain, stay in him, and let his word continue, remain, and stay in us. Remember the verse in Mark chapter 4 that talks about the sower sowing the word of God. And it says these are here by the wayside. When the word was sown, you know, these were sown on this ground, uh, sown on this ground, and these were sown on that ground. And it says, and the enemy came right away. Why? To steal what? The word. He's after the word. And if there's no application of the word, we make it so easy for him to steal the word. Because if you're doing something and doing something and doing something and continuing in something and remaining in something, I don't care who comes to you and says, you know what, that stuff don't work. You say, no, I've been doing this for how many years now? It works. <laughs> I've tried both. This works. If I'm sure in that because I'm doing it. Now, if I've been in it for a while and I'm not doing anything with it, I haven't grown, I haven't developed in anything, then when someone comes and says, you know, this over here, you know what they're doing now? You can do this now. This is fine with Jesus. <laughs> He's okay with this. The Bible doesn't really mean what that says. It's all subjective. Then you go, oh, well, that does sound a lot easier than what I'm doing over here. All right, let me try it. Did you hear of the new church? Oh, you don't have to do anything. No, you don't got to serve. You don't got to. Oh, that's, that's, okay, I'll try it. Why? Because you're not fully convinced. You don't have the, the word in you because you're not practicing it. So it says that you'll just go with every wind of, darkness, of doctrine. Tossed and turned with every wind of doctrine because you don't have a firm foundation of the word of God. And so we've got to have that word and we do it, we have it by doing it. Application is required. And so that's how we know that the word is remaining in us. <laughs> that's how we know. If I'm doing it, then the word is remaining in me. Amen? Amen. So uh, we cannot pray this prayer effectively without the knowledge of the word. Uh, we pray in line with the word of God. And when the word has its permanent home in us, when it has its permanent home in us, we'll never ask anything that's out of line from the word of God. We'll always ask things that are in the word of God, aligned to his will. Because if you know his word, then you know his will. You won't ask for things that are contrary to it. Like, Lord, I need you to kill my ex because he's causing me problems. You know, or that, that school teacher, I ain't going to complain if they have an accident or anything. No. Is that in line with the word of God? No. I want our president to be a son. No. Is that in line with the word of God? No. No. The answer is absolutely no. Because God does not produce anything that's evil. He can't. He produces nothing that's evil. Who's the originator of evil? The devil. And so I guess you're praying to him then. <laughs> Is that the God you're talking about? Because that's what you're, if you're in, if you want something ill to happen to someone else, that's not God. God is love and that is not love. That's the opposite of that. And that's in the enemy's territory. And so you join arms with him 
and you go into his arena when we pray those kind of prayers. And so you want to pray prayers that are aligned to the word of God and that are in accordance with his will. And his word is his will. That's why it's important that we know it. When we were young, when I was young, and you could probably relate to this, did you ever ask your parents, or if you've had kids, uh, ever ask your parents, can you go somewhere? Maybe it was like you first started driving and you're like, can I have the car, you know, to go to a movie that everybody else was seeing, but you knew your parents were like, nope. <laughs> Dad said, uh -uh. He said, no, you're not going. Oh, okay. You know, or if it was um, a party and they're, you know that they're going to ask who's there and this, and you're like, mm, you know, so before you ask, do you remember the feeling that was going on on the inside? <laughs> it was kind of like mm, butterflies, like, I don't think this is going to happen. But if you asked for something that you knew the answer was yes, so you had a policy in your home that after your schoolwork was done, then you can watch TV or you could go outside to play after we practiced this instrument and sang that song, you know, after all that. Now, all that's done. I've done, I've checked the list. It's all done. And now I want to go outside. So I go to dad or mom and I ask, you know, can I go outside? I know the answer is yes. On the inside, before I ask, there's nothing going on. I'm just like, can I go outside? Is everything done? Yes, go. All right, go. So you, you know that the answer is yes. Well, it's a simple example, but that's how it is in the, with the word of God. That's how it is when we pray and take authority and pray the prayer of authority. Because if I know that God can do this and it's in line with his word, I'm going to be bold and demand or command this to happen. I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't know about this. I know I'm asking a lot here. No, because I'm going to know his will, and I'm going to know his word. And so that's why we can pray with authority this prayer of authority. Hallelujah. So God's word is his will, and you can be sure that when you ask according to his will, that he answers you. You can be sure of that. Where do we see that? <laughs> First John, those who pray with us every morning, we, we say this scripture every once in a while. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we kind of leave that out. If you ask anything, it'll be done. No, <laughs> according to his will, he hears us. Or I like what Gary said. He takes our case, Pastor Cassie. He takes our case. That's what it means. It's like to stand before a judge. He takes our case. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. The word confidence in this verse describes someone who is bold and very courageous. When you are speaking out of the word of God, what is abiding in your heart, that reservoir of the word that's abiding in your heart, when you speak out of your heart and in agreement with that word that's in there, you can boldly pray this prayer of authority or faith. The words ask, petitions, and desired in this verse all come from that word, ITO or authority, which means to ask or demand. 
Hallelujah. So if you know and have no doubt that Jesus is the healer, then you can ask or demand boldly when you pray for healing. You don't have to doubt. Your boldness, uh, your boldness in your demand does not scare or offend our Father in heaven. No, it shows him that you know what your covenant rights are. Because that's what you're walking in when you take your authority. You can't do that if you don't know that it's a covenant right. And so it makes him glad. He rejoices when his children walk out this covenant with him. And so he's not going to get offended when we do that. He loves it. If you have a tough time with this, then it's going to take some mind renewal. Um, the cure for not being able to pray this prayer of authority is getting in the word <laughs> and doing it again, because the word will transform your thinking and you'll begin to pray in line with the word of God, which will give you the confidence to boldly believe for what you're praying. Hallelujah. If we'll give ourselves to the word of God on a daily basis, we would see more victory in our lives. And that's why I encourage, I encourage people to, to watch, uh, do our daily plan. That's a starting point. It's a starting point. If that's all we're reading, that's probably not enough. If you're a seasoned Christian, if you're new to the faith, that's enough. That's good to start with. Because, you know, sometimes you get with so much zeal that, you start studying and then you get into this and a lot of rabbit trails and stuff. So if that's, if you're new to it, fine. Just take that time. But don't just read it to say, I filled my head with some more information. This is wonderful. Did you see that story? Wonderful story. Now I could go tell my grandkids about the story. I could go tell my neighbor about the story. This is wonderful. Well, how does the story affect you? How does it apply to you? We read about Peter and the chains falling right off. I'm like, he was heavily guarded and he had chains on. And in the midnight hour, those chains came off. He thought he was dreaming. God, how, what does that speak to me? God can break any chain at any time that he wants to. Peter wasn't praying for the chains to be broken. Peter was asleep soundly, not going crazy and pacing the floor, you know, with the guards like, they're going to kill me tomorrow. They're going to kill me tomorrow. No, he slept like a baby, like Daniel did in the lion's den. Paul, uh, Peter rested, but something else about this verse. There was a company, his company of believers that were praying for him in a house down the road, praying for him all night long, praying the prayer of faith. Even so, but then when he came out, they wouldn't even open the door for him. The lady opened the door, Rhoda opened the door, and is like, what? No, it can't be. And they're like, it must be his angel. No, it was him. He was free. And they're like, oh, they continued praying. They're like, oh, no, that's not him. Let's pray some more. <laughs> and he, they said, poor Peter was outside the door, like, come on, let me in. Knock it, knock it. I got so much from that verse. It's a great story to tell. 
But what am I doing with that story? How does that story affect me? What does that story mean to me? So if I'm a new believer and I'm reading in this Bible app every day, there's a section that says, what's one thing that you're learning? You don't want to post it publicly? Don't. But get a paper out. Write it down. What God, the one thing. Can you just say one thing <laughs> you got out of the verse? You know, one thing, because if you will find something to grab hold of, that's how your faith grows. Faith comes by hearing the word that's received and acted upon. Not just by, I can hear the word all day long and not do a thing about it. I can hear tapes, I can hear CDs, I can go on YouTube and listen to thousands of messages all day long. But if I don't move my feet and I don't see how it applies to me, it will just be more information that I'm filling my head with. So I can recite it to you and tell you how smart I am. And it, I'll be in the same state over and over, year after year after year after year. And this is where many, many people in the body of Christ are today. Not growing. That's not us, amen? That is not us in this church. We are growing. We're increasing because we are not just hearing the word, we're doing it. Amen. We're doing it. So if all the time you have is to get in the Bible app and read that one chapter, do it, do it, and do it well. <laughs> like make a big deal about it. I'm reading now. Quiet, everybody. I am reading. If you got to go in the bathroom and sit on in your bathtub and read it, shut the door and read it and then say, Lord, show me one thing in here that I can apply to my life. Just one, just one thing that I can do. Not too many because what, what happens is we get, oh, I can do this and this and this and this and then we do nothing because it's too overwhelming. So find one thing, ask the Holy Spirit out of this verse What's the one thing that I can take about this? Yeah, you're the chain breaker. Yeah, you know that thing I'm struggling with? That's a chain. Because like Peter, he was tied to those people. I'm tied to the people in my past. And I can't, how do I get rid of the chains? What, what did Peter do to get rid of the chains? Oh, prayer. Prayer helps. Okay, maybe I should pray. This is how God will talk to you and lead you to different things. But if we're not willing to give him that time, we'll not go any deeper in him than we are today. And so we need to do that. It's a start. It's a start. Amen? James 1.21 says in the Passion, it says, so this is why we abandon everything morally impure, and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature, for the word of life has power to continually deliver us. My goodness. The word of life has power to continually deliver us, dot, 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 if we'll let it, if we'll practice it. It has the power to separate us from the things of this world, if we'll let it. Hallelujah. We need to meditate on that verse. Look again, uh, one more scripture at Jeremiah 23, verse 29, and I'll read it out of the Amplified Classic. It says, is not my word like fire, 
that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the, in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance, the word of God is powerful. If we'll diligently apply God's word to the area of our life where we are most stubborn, <laughs> you know those areas, or resistant, the word of God will break that. <laughs> There's enough power if we'll apply the word of God to get rid of that resistance and stubbornness. And I've got areas, we all have areas of resistance and stubbornness. We have areas that we've surrendered and that we're like, oh yeah, come on in, Lord. All, all set, all clean, come on, come look. <laughs> and then, you know, when your parents go in your room with the white glove test, yeah. And then you're like, but don't look there. <laughs> they start moving towards the closet and you're like, no, don't go in this corner. Yeah, we do that with the Lord. We're like, I took care, these areas are good. Um, and he's like, no, well, how about that one area of that? No, 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 <laughs> stay away from there. Not yet. But then he keeps saying, we're working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I, I say, I'm working on it. And, you know, we're all a work in progress. You know, work means that you're doing something. <laughs> Don't say you're working on it. Say, I'm thinking about working on it. <laughs> Be honest with him. He knows. He knows how long you've been saying it. But let him into those areas. I love that scripture. It's like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. Hallelujah. So we'll diligently apply. There is no fruitful or effective prayer without the word of God. And again, I'm going to keep saying that in this, uh, while we do this series. So to wrap it up, the prayer of petition is an urgent cry for God's help exposing our total dependence on him to meet our needs. And it's a faith-filled cry. Amen? And the prayer of authority or the prayer of faith is a bold demand for God to meet our needs. And it's based on the wealth of his word that is stored up in our hearts. Hallelujah. How much word you've got in you is how much authority will come out of you. Hallelujah. And so the more your mind is renewed to God's word, the more your prayers will be accordance, in accordance to his will and will be able to pray his plan out and have full confidence that he will bring it to pass. Amen. Glory to God. The prayer of petition and the prayer of authority, hallelujah. Two great prayers to add to our spiritual toolbox along with the prayer of consecration. And the prayer of consecration, we could pray every morning before our feet touch the ground, amen? amen. Glory to God, bless the name of Jesus. And so we're going to prepare to give uh, tonight for those of you who are watching online, uh, we are going to prepare to give here. If you're in need of an offering envelope, uh, someone will be handing that out to you. You can raise your hand and someone will uh, bring that to you. Now, uh, when we talk about the prayer of petition, we see how Jesus, remember he talked about the birds and, and the necessities that they need. And when we talk about, uh, you know, the prayer of petition, the prayer of authority, uh, 
this, the prayer of authority, we can take authority over lack in our lives. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think we put up with lack in certain areas uh, and then in other areas. I heard Brother Moore say this, and now, you, you may not do this, but I found myself doing this, and I said, ooh, yeah, this is a mindset thing. So ever have your shampoo bottle, you get to the end and there's just a little bit in there and you save it. Just in case I run out of this one, I'll go buy a new one. But just in case. And then I look in the thing, I got three, four bottles that have this much soap in it that I'll use one day. You know, that's a scarcity mindset. I didn't realize that. It's a scarcity mindset. Some people will take it to the full extreme and kind of start hoarding everything. You know what? Throw it out. Clean it out, throw it out, and say, God got me this one. He'll get me a brand new one, too. <laughs> throw it out. Because if you allow that to happen, I mean, I had six bottles I found underneath my sink. Six of my Dove, you know, soaps. And, you know, they would run out, and there's this much. And you could shake it and, you know, get it out. But I'm like, oh, I'll just save it because just in case I don't get to the store. And, you know, no, that's a scarcity mindset because I remember when I used to do that when I didn't have money. And I'd put water in it. Y'all know what that, and shake it. You know what I mean? And get the, the last of it and save it again for the next time because I couldn't afford to go get more. I remember that. Well, you take that mindset with you. So we can take authority over lack, but there are things we could do in the natural. Go to the trash and say, I'm throwing this out, and I believe that God will supply every time I need this soap. He's going to supply it for me. And I know we work. We have money. We go get it. But watch. People will start bringing you soap. Oh, I was thinking of you when I was at the store. And here you go. Here's some. You know, just practice that with things you do. You know, you have that one sock in the drawer. Like you think the another pair is going to show up that got eaten in the dryer. Throw it out. Go get a new one. Or the tights that are ripped. Let me just save those just in case. I'll wear them under pants. No one will see them. Throw it out. <laughs> Throw it away. We want abundance mindset, not a, a, a scarcity mindset. We want an abundance mindset. And the way you do anything is the way you do everything. It will show up in other areas of your life and will tolerate it. That's what we do. We tolerate it. And not even realize it until God showed me, why are you saving that? I'm like, well, because it's going with the others. Throw it away. So one day I had trash. I had a new trash bag. Eric's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is all my old perfumes. I had about 20 bottles of old perfumes that maybe had one squirt in it or they were gone and I saved the bottle just to get, <laughs> threw it out. Why? Because I may need it in that time. What are you, not going to have any more money? Is that what you're believing? No. So throw it out. Get everything clear. Get, and it helps with clutter, too, because now it's less. I looked in my closet. I'm like, oh, I haven't used those for three years. I've got room to bring other stuff in. Make room for the new stuff that he said he was going to give you. It already says we won't have enough room to contain it. Let's make some room. Make some more room so he can add to you. Amen? Glory to God.
Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give, and we declare that we in this church, we have an abundance mindset, not a mindset of scarcity or lack, and we will not tolerate lack in our lives in any area in the name of Jesus. We exercise our authority in the name of Jesus, and we know that we lack for nothing because my God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. Jesus. Our necessities are met in Jesus' name, not because of what we can do, but because of what he's done. And so we exercise the authority we have in Jesus, and we declare we have more than enough, more than enough to meet the need of every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I'm so grateful for the word of God. I know you are too. Amen. So on Sunday, come and be a part of the service. If you're watching us online, you're in the area, you'll want to be in the room for the service on Sunday. It's going to be a good time. And uh, just come with your amens and your support and your encouragement. Pull on the anointing and the gift that's in Mr. Tom, and I know that you will be blessed. Amen. We'll miss you. We will not be here this week. We'll be in New Hampshire, but we'll be sure to catch the replay afterwards because we want to make sure we watch it and see what we missed. I have the FOMO when it comes to our church, the fear of missing out. <laughs> and so uh, I definitely want to watch and, and see what's, uh, what's uh, transpired after the fact. For those who pray on Thursdays with us, we'll be praying tomorrow uh, on uh, Facebook, on uh, YouTube, and our website. So join us there. Let's just lean into the Lord and go deeper in the spirit together. Amen.